Okay, so how many of you took notes during that video? <laughs> you laugh. We're going to go there. So, Hey, um, first of all, I want to say I ain't Danny. Just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not younger. Never mind. We'll go there. Um, Danny asked me to kind of close this out. Actually, they were planning to be in Kansas City. And if you looked at the weather, it's probably a good thing that they're here and not in Kansas City. Um, but anyway, uh, we're finishing up a series called The Spiritual Bucket List. And we've talked about all these different buckets from the spiritual side to relationships to the physical. And today we're talking about maybe the most important bucket of the, of the four, and, and you might say, well, Brad, it should be spiritual, but walk with me, and I think maybe you might catch this, and then we're going to talk about time today. Time. And think about this. Time is a period which something exists or happens. Time is a period of history. Sometimes we do a timeline of history. Time is every moment that has ever been or ever will be. Sometimes we like to put time in our own confines, but time is what has been and all the way to whatever will be. Time is a system of measuring duration. Time. You run a race, and, and you, you, how fast are you running? It's time. Time is a measured or measurable period which an action, process, or condition exists or continues. Time, a set period that we have to do something, to live, to make an impact, to make an impact on our world and the people that we come in contact with. Time. See, we've been given, all of us have been given time to live. A segment to live on this earth. A time period to live on this earth. Some people it may be short. Some people it may be long. Some people may feel it's longer maybe than they wanted. But it, there's a period of time that we're to live on this earth. To do as we wish to make cho choices, to impact people, to fail, to grow, to nurture, we have been given time. And so the question comes down to, we talk about these four buckets and we get to the time bucket is, are we using our time well? And we're going to talk about that on several different levels this morning. Well, you saw in the video, but I, I want to give you some other snippets to think about the relationship of time as a human being. You can go on the internet and you can come up with all kinds of different generations of, of time and different things, but let me read the one that I kind of enjoyed the most. Average lifespan of us as humans is 80 years. Now, some of us have done better than that. That's a good thing. Keep pushing that up there. I want to go further than that. Average time on lifetime is 80 years on earth. Now, think about this. Over that 80 years... 33 years have been spent in bed. 12,045 days in bed. Unless you're a youth, and then that number expansionally... No, I'm just kidding. Now, here's the funny thing on that one. 26 years will be spent sleeping, but 7 years will be spent trying to sleep. Yeah, there's some of you that <laughs> wish you could go to bed and go to sleep, and it doesn't happen. 13 years, 4,821 days will be spent at work with an extra year in unpaid overtime. Unpaid, just think of the overtime part. 
11 years, 4,127 days looking at screens. That's a lot of time. In fact, now if you have an iPhone, it actually pops up weekly and says, here's how much time you spent on your screen. Some of you probably want to just turn that off and let that go. 4.5 years, my favorite, eating. 1,583 uh, 1, days eating. Yeah. That, that will go up when I get to heaven. That's the buffet, the whole nine yards. Three plus years, 1,146 days on vacation or on holiday. One and a third years, 485 days exercising. Or some of us, 130 some odd days exercising. 368 days socializing. That one was interesting to me. I thought maybe that might be a little more, a little less, depending on how you socialize. Um, this one's my favorite. 334 days in elementary, middle, or high school. That doesn't sound right. If, you go, if you're in school now, it feels like you're never going to get out of school, right? See, we didn't include college because some of us college for the rest of our lives. 300, anyway, 8 plus years, 2,997 days doing other things we want to do. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. So time, what we put in this time bucket is important, very important. In fact, what I want you to do is there's some homework here. I want you to pull out your sermon notes section, turn to the back side of it. You've got a green sheet in your worship guide. You see a big number 24. Yeah, you go. Thank you. <laughs> At least you found it. That's good. I want you to take a couple of minutes, and I want you to jot down what you do in a 24-hour period in one day. And you don't have to, don't have to get specific. We're not going to give you th three hours to do this. But you, if you sleep, you work, just write down and say, I spent blank hours on this, blank hours on this. In one day, what do you do? And be honest. Maybe there's some things that you put on there that you realize that I spend four hours and 26 minutes on my phone. And maybe that's what you do. I'm not, we're not judging. We're asking you to write that down. So write that down for us. So you kind of got a gist of where you're going, what you do in that 24 hours time. If it doesn't add it up 24, that's okay. The math class will be after the service, and we'll go back through that at a different point. So real quick, and we're going to come back to this, but I want you to just glance at that just real quick. Is the time you're spending in a 24-hour period, is it healthy time? Is God involved in it? Now, not does it revolve around God, but 
is God a part of your time? In the midst of that, can you see yourself sharing his love, sharing his compassion, shining his light? May people see that the way that you act is because of what is in you, which is Christ in you through your actions. See, as you look over that list, and we think about these four buckets, these four buckets should fit with each other. But if in the midst of this we throw in a couple of things that maybe we spend too much time on, and, and then we try and, and load that into there, and, and then maybe we do, oh, this, and then we load this in here. Oh, man, this is not working like I wanted it to. Um, maybe we throw a few more things in here. You see real quickly how it doesn't fit? Whoop. Kick the can. Yeah, I knew someone was thinking about that one real quick. Time ends. See, if we don't coordinate what goes in these buckets, it's not going to fit. It's not going to work. It's going to become unhealthy. We need to work on filling our buckets with the right things at the appropriate times, in the appropriate ways, so that those nest together and fit together. Um, Danny's been using a quote from Bob Goff, and, and it, I really like this. It's, and there's another one we're going to use a little bit later, but it says, we will become in our lives what we put in our buckets. My favorite when we were growing up is, you are what you eat. Which, if you don't eat healthy, you become unhealthy. If you fill your bucket the wrong way, it is going to show. We become that. We morph into that. We make that our priority. It changes our lives. And so, again, we're talking about time today and how this all wraps up. So, grab your Bible and turn to Psalm 90. Psalm chapter 90. We're going to read this and then look at some aspects of this great passage. So let's read it together. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains brought forth, or ever you formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and it's renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by, by reason a strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? 
Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad in our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is an interesting psalm. It was, it was written by Moses. It was written by Moses in a time when he was leading the Israelites for 40 years to try and get right with God and get everything correct. And, and they were following and they were running amok and they were building idols and they were, they were with God and then they were running away from God and, and, and to a point that Moses wrote this down to, to understand the time frames that were going on with the people. So at this point, as we read this, as we look at this passage, there are several references to God from, from time from God's vantage point and from ours that I kind of want to pull out today as we look at this time bucket. Look at the first two verses. They kind of set the tone of time. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We say this tongue-in-cheek, God has always been, and, and we kind of say, yeah, God has always been. But when we think of time and we think of our time and we think of the span of time, we have to remind ourselves that God was here before during, and will be hereafter. Yeah, people say, well, when, how, did, how was the earth created? Well, the God created it. Well, what was going on before then? We don't know, but we know God was there before he created the earth. God has always been. No matter where we are, where we go, God is always there. Just as he was there for the Israelites, regardless of whether they responded to him or not, just as he was for Moses, as he, as he led him and them through their journey, God was always there. Now, sometimes we spend our time and we believe that God's not around. I can go do this over here and God's not with me right now, so he's just, God's here. God's everywhere. God is with us. God is always. God was always there and always will be. And we have to understand that when we start talking about our time. When I said, is God involved, and we'll get back to that in a minute, is God entrenched in what you do? Not are you doing it for God, but is God entrenched in what you do? Let's look at verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight, or but as yesterday when it is past, or a watch in the night. You're going to get a pattern here that life is short. You're going to hear this. But I think you need to understand it very, very clearly. Our time is short in God's eyes. A thousand years to us is a long time. Any of us think we're going to live past into a thousand? No. We're hoping we get to a hundred, right? If we get there, that's kind of a good, good goal. Think what's happened in a thousand years in our own country. Better yet, think of what's happened in 50 years in our country. 
um, these little devices, the one I have on my chair that I usually keep in my pocket, didn't exist, you know, what, 20 years ago. Social media was talking to each other in a way. The internet wasn't out there. Google didn't exist. I know these youth are going, what? I don't understand. Books were the way that we learned things. Talking to people. And we could talk about a lot of things, but you think of the history of the United States. A thousand years to us is huge. To God, it's about that much. So stop, stop and think for a moment what that looks like in our time span of what we're doing in the grand scheme of things. Look at verses 7 and 8. These are ones that cut. <clears throat> For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. Here's the one. You have set our iniquities, iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. We made our time short by our sin. And God knows that. God knows what we've done. As I was studying this and I, and I read verse 8, I had to pause and remind myself that there is nothing I won't do that God doesn't know. I can't flip the switch like I can turn off my phone and get away from the things that are going on. I can't flip a switch and say, okay, God, you're over here and I'm over here. And these are my things that you'll never see. Our sin made our time short. Our sin created an end. And I say our, because we always say, well, Adam and Eve did it. They did, which made ours short, and we've compounded it. In fact, we know in our lives, we have friends that have, whose lives have cut shorter because of decisions they made. Correct? Decisions they have made have made them shorter. So God knows everything. God knows when we commit a sin, he knows all of those things. So again, what do we do with our time is front and center with God. It's always out there. He already knows. He doesn't need to find out later. He's not a parent that says, I had a feeling you did that. He knows before sometimes we even think about it, which is scary. He finds our hidden sins and brings them out to light and exposes them to his light. We'll go down to verse 10, and I said the repeating story is time is short. For the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Again, our goal is to live as long as we can. What are we doing with that time? Because it's short. To us, it feels like a long time. To God, it is short. It quickly goes. Let's get down into verse 12 and, and we'll kind of camp here just a little bit as we talk about our time. Verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may have, get a heart of wisdom. See, we're to be wise in the time that we have. We get wisdom if we use it right. Wise in its use. Don't waste the time that we have on things that are not important. 
and I say this, because, and I'm preaching myself, if it's not important to God, if it's not a part of God, why are you doing it? Why are you wasting your time? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have fun. That means that you can't do things you want to do. That's not what God's about. But God's saying, are you doing the right things? Are you picking the things that are wrong? Are you spending your time on things that are not important? Wise in its non-use. Making sure that we manage our time. That we're not running too fast to accomplish nothing. Oh, but I'm busy, 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 man. I, I look at my 24 hours, and man, I can barely sleep four hours because I am 20 hours straight. I'm just running, 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 running. That's not right. That's not healthy. That's not what God designed us for. He didn't design us to just keep running, running, running. If we have a brief moment of time on this earth, what are we going to make of it? What are we going to do with the time we're given? How are we going to spend it? How are we going to spend those days and those years and those minutes? Again, are we just busy, 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 going through the motions like a large co like cogs on a machine, just grinding down, or are we making something of our time? See, it should be our desire to make an impact, to change things to make things better, to impact, to be changed, to be transformed. And as a Christian, that means that we should be worshiping God, not here when we're on Sunday mornings, not just when Keith is leading, but we should be worshiping God with our actions, with what we do in our world, that people begin to see us and they go, there's something different there. Though he spends his time, the way he allocates it, what he does with his time is different. And people begin to see how we use our time, how we live our life. Time. You ever stopped for a moment and looked back and wondered, what have you really accomplished? I mean, I, I've done that. Or what haven't you accomplished? Gosh, I wish I'd done that. Or what have I missed? Gosh, I wish I could have done that. I missed that opportunity. Well, let me, let me stop for a minute and, and, and give you some words of encouragement. God doesn't want us to look too long at what we haven't done. Careful there. I'm not saying God doesn't care what our past is. That's not what I'm saying. God doesn't want us to look too long at what we haven't done, but to be very aware of what we're doing now and what we plan to be doing. Let that sink in for a minute. Go back to the buckets and the time bucket. How are you going to use your time and what are you going to do to fill it with? What are the important things and what are the non-important things that need to go away? See, and hear this, at any point in our lives, we can stop, we can notice what we're not doing, and change where we're going. Hear this, God gave us a point in time when he sent Jesus to this earth to die on a cross, to forgive our sins, to give us a second chance. 
to allow us to hit the pause button in our time and say, this is wrong, I want to make it right. And God says, yes, Brad, and I can help you do that because I sent my son to die on this earth and do that to help you. So when you look at that, aware of what you're doing and plan to be doing, we all in this room have that chance to say, I'm stopping here and I'm changing course. I can change what's in my time bucket. I can find ways to use my time wisely. So, also being wise with our time also means being still. How many of you do a good job of being still? Excuse us, how many of us have a hard time being still? Yeah. If I'm not sleeping, I've got to be moving. Being still. There's an interesting verse that we have learned as we grew up in church. Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. And we stop there. That's where we stop. In fact, Cheryl, you can go ahead and put that next one on there. Be still and know that I am God. And when we do that, man, we celebrate that. I'm going to be still and I'm going to know that God is around. Guys, unfortunately, what we're doing is we're putting the light on ourselves. Look at me, God, I'm waiting for you. The other two sentences in that verse are the most important things. I, that's God, will be exalted among the nations. I, God, will be exalted in the earth. See, if we're being still, we're being still with our time, we're to be focused up. Not looking to how great we are when we're sitting still. I'm going to stand for a while and let the light shine on me. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. So the question I have is, are you being still for God? Do you take a pause for Him? Or is that pause for you? Is that pause for God's applause for you? Are you using the time wisely? Interestingly enough, Jesus took breaks. I've said that to some people before and they go, what? Jesus took breaks. What do you mean? Jesus took pauses. Jesus took breaks. And I think Jesus is a perfect example of helping us understand this whole idea of being wise with our time. We're going to look at a couple of these. The first one, and, and maybe this is, you say, well, duh, Brad, but I think there's more to it. If you go to Matthew chapter 4... And you remember when Jesus was tempted? And Jesus, I mean, the devil took him to the mat. I mean, he took him everywhere. And at the end of his temptation, what happened? Verse 11 in Matthew 4 says this. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Jesus took a break. Why? He was depleted. Why? He needed that. Why? He had gone through a whole lot of turmoil. Here's the question. When we go through a dark, dark valley in our lives, and we get to the end of it, do we take a pause to refresh ourselves? Or do we find ourselves just getting busy? Because if we get busy, that'll take away what we've, what's happened. Do we pause? Do we let God take care of us? 
The other one is in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This one's the dub, but it's important when we talk about time and pausing. Jesus had just healed many people, and this is Mark chapter 1, verse 35, and it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus started his day with his Father. Jesus started his day with a pause. For some of us, the alarm goes off, I go grab my cup of coffee, I get in the shower, I get dressed, I may watch the news, I get in my car, I have to warm it up and scrape all the ice and I have to get to work and I'm at work and I am off and running. And I may have said, God, thank you for this day in the beginning, but did I pause, did I stop, did I begin with him to start my day? We're real good about praying in the evening. God, thank you for a great day. I'm going to sleep now, so, you know, da da Do we start in the beginning? Jesus did that. That's a model when you use the term quiet time. Spending time with him, taking the pause. Now, the next one is probably my favorite. Again, you, you go, oh, Brad, I don't understand, but I think you will. Look at, look, this is Matthew chapter 14. And what happened was Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Jesus had just done the biggest miraculous thing in the world. Jesus at that point, I'm sure everybody, and it was, and remember, it's 5,000 plus because it was 5,000 men. They weren't counting all the peripherals that were there. Jesus had hit the pinnacle of his ministry. He had just done the biggest thing in front of people. And those of us in, in the overachiever world would say, man, I just hit the home run and I'm ready to get back on it. I'm going to hit another home run. Man, people are so excited. I'm going I'm to go to the next city and I'm going to start preaching again. And what did Jesus do? Verses 22 and 23 of chapter 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in a boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. What? Jesus, you got this all wrong. Man, we just hit a home run. What do you mean you went someplace else? What do you mean you took a break? You're losing your momentum, man. You are just, things are just taking off. Jesus took a pause. Do we take a pause? Do we take a break? Jesus could have easily capitalized on the ministry opportunity and just kept going, but that was not the important thing. Time and managing it was. He needed to spend time with his father. He needed to stop. The last one I have on up here is Jesus' challenge to Martha, found in Luke chapter 10. And it's a favorite one because, again, when we talk about the pause, we talk about the busyness of our life, the time that we spend. Is it for the right things? You know the story, but let me read the part that I think is, is probably the, the sticky for us when we talk about this today. This is starting in verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. See, Martha was busy doing God stuff. Nothing wrong with that, but that's what she was busy doing. She was busy doing God stuff in the midst of Jesus Christ, the God's son, right in front of her. 
Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, you don't care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is, nece- one thing is, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Martha got caught up in doing for God and didn't stop to honor, didn't stop to be still, not, didn't stop to let him be exalted and then complained that slacker over here was doing the wrong thing when Mary had the time bucket focused in the right direction. The last thing in, in, in Psalm, seven, or Psalm chapter 90 is, is verse 17. And it says this, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Folks, God's, God has given us a time span. We already talked about it. It's 80 to 100 years. It's a, it's a small little sliver in the midst of the grand scheme of things. God's given us, though, that time on this earth. And then the question comes back to, what are you doing with your time? Are you using it for His glory? Are you letting Him be involved in every aspect of your life? Or are you busy, even like Martha, doing things of God to look good, to look the right way, to, to be pleasing And maybe even getting involved in things that you think are God things that God didn't ask you to do. Brad, I didn't ask you to do that. But God, I'm going to do that. Brad, I didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to do this. But if I do this, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I love Christian music, contemporary Christian music. And there's a great song that's out there right now by Casting Crowns. It's called Only Jesus. And the chorus is so poignant. When I first heard it, it ripped me up one side and down the other. It reminded me of where I needed to be grounded. The course goes like this. And I, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. And I, I've only got one life to live. I'll let every second point to him. Only Jesus. Yeah, let that sit mold for a while. See... We get caught up in our time sometimes being busy about God and not being busy to show God. We do it for our own selfish benefit versus pointing people to Him. Uh, I'm honored to stand here and talk to you today. Danny's the same way. We don't get up here and do it for us. In fact, I've said this before. If I ever get get up here to do it for me, I step off this platform. Because our job is not for us, it's to point you to Him. To not be a distraction, but to point you to Him and Him alone. That if the legacy we leave is you knowing Him more and better and living a better life, then that's the success, not what we do. So, go back to your list on the back page. You're 24. Look it over again. 
the question for you is, as you say, what are you filling your buckets with? Is God part of it all? Or is God just a part of the time? See, if you do this the right way, yeah, I'll try not to drop everything. If you do this correctly, and you pull these out, and you let these things nest like they're supposed to, we got time, we got our physical, we got our relationships, and we've got our spiritual. If they nest the right way, as I put, start putting these things in here, even this one that says unhealthy relationships, it will be changed. It will work. It will be the way it's supposed to be. It's, the way, it's going to be the way that God planned it to be. Our buckets will fill, be filled correctly. We will use our time wisely. Last week, Danny used this other quote from Bob Goff, and I love this one too, because it's kind of the second part of what we said in the beginning. We will become in our lives what we put in our buckets. We will become in our lives what we put in our buckets. See, that gives us the chance that as we change what we put in here, we can be changed. We can change. We can be transformed. We can make a difference. If we make what's important on our, in our lives reflect in our lives. Let me look at it the other way. If we indulge in things that we're not supposed to, if we allow things to get into our time that are not healthy, that are not godly, that are not the things that God desired, those things, sin, is going to reflect in our lives. Those choices are going to reflect. But if we spend our time in what God wants us to and focus our times in the things of Him, our lives will be focused that way. And then people will figure out what we're really doing by what we've actually done. People will figure out what we really believe by, actually, by seeing what we actually do. So my question today is this. Do you like what you're putting in your buckets? Or do you need to change? Do you even know what right things to put in your buckets? Do you need help with that? See, that's why Jesus came to this earth. Not only just to forgive us, but to show us what right things to put in our bucket. To help us and guide us. To, to give us the helper to say, I'm going to help you fill these the way you're supposed to. Folks, that's why we have church. We gather together every Sunday, not to be throttled over the head by what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong, but to help us fill this. And we do this every Sunday morning at 10.30. We do it every Sunday morning at 9.45 with a life group. We do that on a Sunday evening in life group. We do that every time our groups get together. The job of that is to help us fill these buckets the right way. That's why the church was created to help us do it right, to fill them right. Go back to Romans 12 when Danny first started this series. See, if we get this right, then Romans 12, 1 and 2 is very easy to do. And it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. See, when we do that, these come together nicely. They pack like they're supposed to. They work in a way that allows us to fill it with the right things and pull out the wrong things. When we do this right, we begin to evaluate what goes into each bucket and decide whether it's worthy of God or whether it needs to go in the trash heap. That part of that verse that says testing, it allows us to say, does this fit in this bucket? Is it supposed to go here? If it's not, it goes away. If it is, it stays there. And we fill it up with that. So in closing, I ask you these questions. What do you need to do today? As we wrap up this series, what do you need to do today? Do you need to fix your buckets? Do you need to change what you're putting in them? Do you need to plug into a church? Do you need to join this group of believers at PBC? Do you need to find a way to get involved in a small group, in a life group? Do you need that help of other Christians walking together, helping you fill your bucket's right. Maybe you need to stop doing it yourself. Maybe this is a day when you need to recognize, I am not living this life the way I'm supposed to, and I need Christ in my life. And I need him to come and clean this up. I need him to walk with me. I need him to help Brad do it the right way so that I am filling the buckets the way I'm supposed to because I'm tired of the way I've been filling them. Maybe you just need to figure out that you need to restructure your time. I'm not pausing. I'm busy for God, but I'm not getting anything done. I'm not spending time with Him. I'm doing the things I'm not supposed to do. I need to restructure how I spend my time. See, guys, bottom line is, our time is short in God's eyes. And the hard question is, am I, am, are you making the most of your time. Let's pray. God, as we talk about time, it's easy sometimes to fill our time thinking we're doing it for you when really we're just doing it for us. God, there's a lot of times that we fill our time with things that you have to have nothing to do with, but it's ours and it's our thing. God, you've given us a plan. You showed it through your son how to use your time wisely, and we want to be using our time for you. We want people to see the difference in our lives. We want people to see you through us, not just see us. Father, maybe today there are someone in this room that says, I can't do this bucket by myself and I need help. I need your son to come in my life. Maybe there's people in this room today say, I need a church body to be a part of, to help me with my time, my buckets, to fill them up correctly. Maybe it's just a matter of God, I need to do it differently because I'm doing it wrong. Fathers, we have this time to, to respond to you. Let's be mindful of how we spend our time. Help us to do it right. Help us to spend it wisely. We thank you and praise you that you love us and that you walk with us each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.